You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Yo, Picture Me Rolling podcast. Today, uh, I got somebody that's infamous on the gram. Um, Weed Without Limits, the highest. What's good, what's good? Smoking Thanks for coming down. I know you uh, came down from the hill. You're on a little trip, so um, I'm glad that you could stop for a minute and uh, come chop it up with me and, you know, share some of your work and some of your experiences. You came very highly recommended uh, from some other people I know from up up in the in the humble area, and uh, they just said that basically y'all had the most firework there was, you know what I mean? And, and in coming from, being from L.A. and then when people from up north, talk about firework because I know mm-hmm. there's always that like LA Bay rivalry and then even more so when you get up on the there's hill. There's a lot to compare up there. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, and it, you know, I, I feel like because of the greenhouse and outdoor, because uh, of the greenhouse and outdoor scene up there, you guys definitely are way ahead of the curve on like strains and new flavors mm-hmm. and things like that because it's a lot easier to pop and, and, and well, find that, stuff. That's one of the biggest things we focus on too, having the right strain. Like, I feel like a lot of people focus on what other people are saying is the right strain. Exactly. But I've I've always been just a super connoisseur myself, always looking for the, the hard hitter knockout strains, exactly. in my opinion. I always figure if you got something that's strong enough that will knock someone out by the end of the blunt or something, you can't complain. No, exactly. <laughs> and at the end of the day, that's what I always tell people too because I have a retail background as well as cultivation. And I always look at things like if it's a hype strain and it don't smoke, then it ain't going to be around for long. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then obviously we're we're looking at like larger production volume, so things have to make sense productively in a grow, in a and right. in in especially in licensed grows. You know, it's got to make sense numbers wise to to run things. But um, I definitely am a smoker too, and if it don't smoke, then it's not going to continue to be in my rooms. That's, nor do I want it to. You know that's what I mean? Top priority. Of course, because you know at the end of the day, I know look this new wave market of people that are just kind of want to get not so high and just kind of smoke weed because it's cool, that shit ain't going to last. And and the smokers want to get high. Right. You know what the, I mean? The people who smoke consistently and who actively smoke all the time, yeah, they're going to want those stronger strains after a yeah. while. And at the end of the day, you, you want the best there is. To me, I'm always but. chasing something that compete with OG. You know what I mean? OG is like strength-wise. always the strongest. You know what I mean? And Something's I'm always chasing something OG. that is like a different flavor but that has that punch to it where you're like, okay, I could see myself having this right. in rotation for a long time. Right. And, I mean, being from L.A., obviously, OG was our, like, that was our baby for so long, bro, and we didn't even vary from that until, <laughs> honestly, until recently. And it's shocking that, like, you'd be surprised to know it, like, even in the trap scene and the black market in L.A. right now, that OG has almost weaned itself out because... It's just not as valuable as it used to be. People are just interested in the new hype a lot too. They 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 really are, and I think it's like a it's OG OG is also a very hard strain to grow. It is. It's it's a yeah. Much it's a very finicky. Strain. It's a she's a mm-hmm. finicky little bitch. Um, you know, even even when you have I'd experience. I'd say that's another with her. reason why it's phased out. Of course, yeah. I definitely think that you know over time things have gotten watered down. The cuts definitely starting to vary, mm-hmm. and so uh, many it's been abused now. and you know. So it's getting away from its lineage as well. But uh, That was what I liked about the Goyard so much. When we first popped those seeds, like, what interested me the most was it had Paris OG in it. Does it? 
It's Paris OG and Tangible Cookies. The tangible That's what Goyard is. The Tangible okay. Cookies is Agent Orange and Animal Cookies. That makes sense. So, um, yeah, a lot of people get confused. <coughs> and you know what Paris OG actually is, right? What, what's the actual cross? It's 808 Headband. Okay, well, that, that makes that's perfect what, sense then. That's, that's a what, uh, yeah, 808 Headband is Paris OG. Damn, I just gave your whole game away, Aram. You're going to hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I might bring it back up even more. Hey, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, when that Paris cut is ran right and when the Russians got a hold of it and took off with it, it's beautiful, yeah. I actually, uh, I'm actually pretty close to those cats. I know the whole whole story and shit. I have some Russian, uh, I have some Russian kids, so I got the whole Russian, Russian backstory on that shit. (laughs) But, um. Yeah, Paris OG is dope. Um, you guys brought some firework. I heard what I heard first was the Chili Verde is that uh, Humboldt's Picky Farmer told me about you guys, and he told me that this Chili Verde was like the most, basically, the most boutique strain he had ever smoked. And he's a smoker too, so when mm-hmm. he told me, he was like, it was the most interesting turp profile. I love it to death. It's just, it's amazing. You guys got to get a cut of this shit. It's it's incredible. Like he literally was like. Like the only way to describe it though is just so unique. It's yeah. Very different. Bro, I literally looked you up strength. because of how excited I seen his <laughs> eyes light up and I was like, damn, this shit must be fire because homeboy's yeah. like over here, like just super hyping it. So I started following you guys and we got a little rapport. Um and uh now we're here, which is dope. I love Instagram oh, yeah. because we're able to do things like this that we didn't used to get to do. Like to reach right. out to people from another city that are in the same game, but like to find that common ground and then be able to build up a trust to like want to sit down and, and chop it up like this is great. I agree. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Obviously, it has its downsides too, but yeah. I look at the the benefit of things. I try to stay on the the bright side, so to speak. Um, so let's uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about about yourself and what brought you to the business? Maybe how you fell in love with cannabis and and what you uh, you know, uh, as much as you can without giving too much away. How'd you end up on the hill? So I was uh, I was out exploring Humboldt pretty much, and uh, you know, for my first time, and I saw this giant weed farm. Long story short, and I was just like, "Yo, this shit really exists like this. Fucking plants everywhere. Big outdoor farm." And I was just like, "Yo, I'm moving here." And uh, within a month and a half, I moved out to Humboldt from New York. Really. Damn, that's commitment. And that's how you got to do it, bro. I'm glad to uh, see you have success because I respect people in life that just, just make that that jump, you know what I mean? And I'm sure, like, people in your family and people around you are like, yo, you're fucking nuts, bro. Bro, I had I had so many people tell me different things about going out here. Yeah. A lot of, they were, like, a lot of my close friends, they believed in me. They're like, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, like, you know, if I set my mind to shit, I, I like, do good in them. Yeah. Always. And, uh, you know, I was determined to come out here and grow the best weed in the world. That's what I wanted to do. Originally, you know, I just wanted to have the best head stash. Yeah. I would. I was always in search for the best bud I could find. That's sick because that's my, I mean, that's literally what me started me on growing weed too is like I'm a smoker and I'm chasing terps and I want to have mm. that flavor. And OG changed my life, bro, because the first time I hit OG and like, early 2000s, 2000 probably. The first time I hit OG, that was like just my eyes wide open, bro. Like, oh. <laughs> like, cause before that it was like dro, like chronic, like Canadian packs basically is what we were getting in LA in the market, you know? A little bit of like 
up north stuff, but that was it. But once you hit OG for the first time, it was like game changer, you know? Yeah, that having a good OG, that's just like the perfect shit you could smoke. So you make it's the jump, you take the trip out here, um, you end up in Humboldt, and uh, you set out to grow the best weed in the world. And, and a lot of things just really kind of <coughs> fell in place. Like uh, I early on, I met up with the, the guy who's now my partner in this shit, Lion Bolt. And, you know, it was all just by chance. And it was funny because I happened to be following him before I came out here because I was following just like the top 10 growers in the area I could find. Yeah. And turned out he was one of them. And, uh, you know, later down the road, uh, he ended up teaching me how to grow. And then we uh, shortly started working together and we just uh, got everything taken off. I, I did a bunch of the marketing. We both did a bunch and shit. And uh, that shit just started going perfect. He uh, he had bred he had bred the go yard, and I had uh, I had grown out the first plants of it. Uh huh. But as soon as he bred that strain, I was like, "Yo, the Paris OG and the Tangible Cookies that might be a fucking winner right there." Yeah, you sure, like the turf profile. Sure enough, like. When just when he had bred stuff with the Paris, I was like, "That's perfect." But it was actually a breed with the Tangible. Yeah. So was Go Yard your first, your first big, like boutiquey hit? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were, uh, still kind of known before that. Like we had had stuff in like Cookies SF and Green Wolf. For yeah. Like two fifteen days. Uh huh. Um, Green Wolf down here for everybody that doesn't know. Green Wolf is a shop out here in in the Los Angeles area that was known for having boutique fire flower in the 215 days. Has it changed? Um, I mean, their access to the most firework because of because of the the definitely legislation has definitely changed. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, Green Wolf is loud pack, so they I mean they still got fire. Right. Um, they still got fire, I'm sure, over there. I was I ran Green Dragon, so we were kind of like rivals in the in the business, so to speak. Anyway, like we kind of had similar vibes. Um, we were a big concentrate shop early on, so we uh, we uh, you know we were just a different crew from a different part of the city, kind of thing. But yeah, Green Wolf is dope. Yeah. Um, let's get back to the. Get back to the weed without limits, though. So, how long is how long has your partner Lion Bolt been growing weed for? Shit, I want to say like twenty years, maybe more. Yeah, something like that. Is he? Uh, did he grow up in the Humboldt area? Is he a is he a hill kid, so to speak? No, he didn't grow up out there. I don't think, but um, he's been up there for a long time. Let me ask you a question, because uh, obviously some people that are listening to the show probably seen Murder Mountain, um, and, you know, that's basically where you guys are from. Uh, what are the vibes like after the documentary came out? You know what I mean? I mean, you just hear about a lot more people knowing about Murder Mountain. Yeah. And, I mean, some of the shit in the show is a little I, exaggerated. Of course, yeah. Some is still true. I mean, yeah. you don't want to be going wandering in the middle of those woods in certain spots. Yeah. Like, think about it, You walk up on someone's operation that's got some crazy shit going on. Yeah, bad It's like, bad they don't spot. know who the fuck you are. Exactly. You're in the middle of nowhere. How'd you even get here? Yeah. So, I don't know. Shit's, shit is wild up there, but definitely a lot of stuff in the show is a bit exaggerated. Yeah. 
I, I agree. It's always like that. I mean, they put their little Hollywood spin on it. And I mean, the name itself, Murder Mountain, obviously sounds like some. <laughs> that's some just written for Hollywood shit. Well, they've no, nah, they've had that name way before that. Have they? Yeah. So that is what yeah. they called Murder, Murder Mountain. Murder Mountain. It's a specific area. Yeah. In the hills. And why do they but, call it that? As far as I know, like. Because people be getting you know, there, there was crazy up there. shit going on up there. That's <laughs> stories I heard. Like, yeah. Uh, so that's that's it. So murder mountains come murder mountain because it's murder mountain basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I hear. Also, is that like, you know, anytime uh, murder mountain wasn't a joke to go through to. Like, you didn't just yeah people exactly. didn't ride up there and just ride through the town. And no, it's it not was, even a town. It's like. You know, you're driving dirt roads. Yeah. And it's like, you take the wrong left, you're on someone's driveway, you don't even know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're obviously out in the middle of the country somewhere, so there, you know, no cell service in certain places. Right, right. Most of it's got no service. Yeah. It's interesting. I had, uh, <clears throat> so the shop I used to run, uh, one of the owners and his, his business partner, they were going to buy a property up in Humboldt for some dude that used to bring us, bring us work down. Mm-hmm. Um, cool cat. We did a lot of work with them, but obviously them going up with the large amount of cash at the time to purchase this property was like, you know, and they, they knew they had fucked up kind of when they got like four hours from the freeway, no cell service. And they were in the middle of the woods with a bunch of cash and like a pistol. And they were like, damn, this was probably a bad idea. <laughs> but that's like, you know, that's kind of the vibes up there on the hill. Cause you're really in like outlaw country still because it's just desolate. Right. Yeah, definitely to a point. I mean, there's some towns up there, of course, like, you know, you get into Arcata, Eureka. It's a town. It's, it's a town. town. normal towns, but, like, the hills, the hills, like, depending where you're at, you know, in most of those spots, you don't want to just wander through that shit. Yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah. Um, It's a weird it, vibe, though, because you get a lot of, like, you get a lot of migrant trimmers and people traveling for work up there because there's a lot of work also, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot going on with that, too, as well. Yeah. What is your... uh? What's your favorite strain you guys got going right now? What's your definitely the El Presidente for me? Yeah, and you said because it's ju- a I just like the knockout. It's a heavy hitter. I mean, what do you think you're smoking? This That's is the Prezi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I normally I'm more of a paper guy, so mm-hmm. I like to taste things in papers because I feel like I get the terp profile yeah. the best from that. But it's definitely heavy, and to be honest, I haven't been smoking much flour, so I'm stoned. It's definitely doing its job for sure. Um, what is uh? How do you like the trop cookies that you guys are running? I think the trop is great. I think it's one of the most tasting strains in the game. Yeah, like super tasty, super potent through the nose. I wouldn't say it's the strongest knockout or anything like that. Yeah, more of a flavor. But it is an extremely great flavor. It's like if you want to really taste that throughout the whole smoke, that trops tastes like oranges the whole time you're smoking it. Exactly. The inhale, the exhale. And then I see you guys are running Cushman's now, too. How do you feel about that? I like the Cushman's a lot. You like growing it? It's obviously it stacks nice. really nice. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice fat plant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we run the Cushman's, too. Cushman's is uh, pretty popular in the L.A. market, and it's one of those those strains that hits. Mm-hmm. It tests high in THC percentage. Um, it hits. It actually smokes good. It's got a nice taste. Yeah, it does yeah. have a nice taste to it. That mintiness is like, it was different. The first time I hit it, I was like, oh, okay, I fuck with this. Yeah. I can taste the bubba in it a little bit. I do taste that, but uh, um, yeah, I like it. And then uh, tell me about the Chili Verde, because that's the one that was uh, mentioned to me. as like <laughs> you guys is, this dude was just in love with it. Obviously, it was a Terp profile that he liked or, or dug. Yeah. The Chili Verde was bred by uh, 
HBK Genetics, and it was given to me by a good friend, and we've just been growing it since, and it's just been an amazing strain for us. We we grow it real good. It comes out perfect. It's just such a unique, unique tasting. It's lavender crossed with key lime pie and OG. That's that is that is a very unique uh, a unique uh, combination as well. Yeah, I read that about it. Um, lavender was an old plant that I really liked actually, um, and it's cool to see it kind of mixing back in mm-hmm. these old genetics, kind of kind of mixing back into some of these new crosses. It's cool. I like the way the game is going. I will say that. How do you feel about it? I feel like um, I feel like maybe it's the Maybe it's the water hash market and the like the the rosin that people are doing that's bringing back people like chasing turp profiles and things kind of getting bred for for interesting flavors because we're starting to see like a lot more variation i feel like i feel like popping seeds and stuff is a lot more popular than it used to be definitely and there's a whole market of it where like people are chasing what's next kind of it's kind of cool to see yeah things developing i know for from my experience for so long i mean we pretty much just filled rooms up with OG because it was what made sense, you know? Right. And, uh, and I mean, up north, best, you guys had the cookies the and the purples thing. and the other stuff going on. What was popular when you first got to Humboldt up there? Um, glue. Glue? That was when glue was popular. Yeah. I got up there in 2015. Okay. Yeah, glue was popping. I remember when popular. it hit the scene in L.A. too. I would say, it, like, just off the top of my head, there might have been something else, but... Glue hit me first. Yeah. Just now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I like glue. Um, when it first came on the scene, it was definitely a, f- a breath of fresh air for Mochi because we had so much of it. Glue and the cookies were like the first ones that we were like, okay, there's something else that's worth running, you know? Right. Cookies is just usually a small plant, though. It's such a low yielder, but it's my it honestly is my favorite. That's profile. why there's so many good crosses. From exactly. Cookies too. Yeah, I had to learn that the hard way. I ran cookies for so long, and it literally wanted to bankrupt me. <laughs> I mean, the work was super fire, and I just loved it, but, like, it's such a low-yielding plant that it just didn't make any sense at all. It was, it was, it was literally, like, you know. Yeah. Like, for people that don't know, like, if you crack with, like, a real, with a real forum cut, like the real fire cut, if you crack, like, one and a half a light on that, you're, like, a fucking champion because that shit can easily run, like, 0.8 on you and just cripple you you know what i mean have you paying bills and working for free type of shit yeah yeah shit gets expensive yeah um you guys got anything new coming up uh strain wise anything you're working on uh oh we've we've got new stuff that we're always trying to pop and work with and breed together yeah but uh not much because we don't have like a huge spot to do it at yeah. So it's like here and there we'll pop like five here, five there. Yeah. See what it comes out to be like. Exactly. Find one that find one that hits and and rock with it. Um. I mean, in the in what in the four years, we've had the shop probably three four years mm-hmm. doing the whole branded shit. And um, go yard and press. That's the winner. Those are the two. Yeah. For us. And you guys get uh you got a good vibe on on uh Instagram and a good buzz. The merchandising you guys do is dope. Um uh, you guys got the super macro shots on the t shirts. And then I remember when you guys did the, the Goyard print, that was dope as shit too. Um Thank you. 
I, I dig the branding. Um, and I, I love finding out that I could tell already that you guys were just weed dudes and like yeah. connoisseurs. <laughs> but uh, it's nice, like, in person. You know, I, I feel like the game's a little watered down in LA. It kind of, mm-hmm. you get Everywhere. dudes that, uh, some of them are real weed dudes and some of them aren't. You know what I mean? Some are just, it's business. Some fell into the game in other ways. I'm not knocking anybody's hustle. It is what it is. But it's nice to see, like, that connoisseur, like, you know, I did this because I love weed and I want to, like you said, I, I can't, literally came out here to grow the best weed in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that's one of those statements where, like, nah, I, like, I left the East Coast and I came out here to grow the best weed in the world. And, uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about it, so you're definitely making headway in that for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's dope. It's it's dope, like, seeing it through and shit. And I mean, to, and to be honest, to, that's that's what Homeboy told me, too. When he first brought you guys up to me, he said, yo, these dudes grow the best weed there is. <coughs> so props to you for fucking following your dream and making it a reality. Thank you. Because that that's not you saying that. That's somebody else telling somebody else from far away. So obviously the word, is, the word on the streets is y'all got, y'all got the fire shit up there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. What's the future look like for, for Lion Bolt Farms and Weed Without Limits? More fire. More fire. Um, you stand. You plan on staying crafty? Do you guys see you expanding anytime, anytime in the future? If the opportunity approaches correctly, yeah. or you know, just see how things go, pretty much. Yeah, it's a weird time right now. I mean, I feel like a lot of people bit off more than they could chew, yeah. and tried to expand trying to work so on fast. Getting, getting like done what we can in that sense, but. You know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. We'll see. Yeah, don't don't give up a. Don't give up the brand either to like. No. To try to like you know like, that no. boutiquey the like. The brand always has to be the best. You know it's what I mean. Gotta be super fire. Yeah. It's gotta be. Like, and if crazy. you stay like that, there's there's just gonna be. I feel like. That's what sets it apart. That that's the, always the, gonna the win. You know what I mean? Because you don't need everybody. You just need the percentage of people that follow you because, because. You know they believe in that brand and they they want to smoke your shit because they like they like the the message behind it which is you know we're setting out to grow craft cannabis you know I, I like that too you know and business always things kind of get in the way of 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 love sometimes because money will get in the way of it but i try to just know that i'm not going to put something i'm not going to continue to put a strain in a room that i don't want to smoke right right you know what i mean and hey, maybe maybe like I run forbidden fruit a lot, we, and we've... I don't like forbidden mm-hmm. fruit. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't like to smoke it. It doesn't have enough kick for me. But I know that there's enough other smokers that love that terp like profile, that and they love forbidden fruit. They like swear by it. Mm-hmm. So I continue to leave it in in the stable because I'm like, yo, people that don't want to get as high, they fuck with forbidden fruit. They really really love it. It's a very interesting right. terp profile. Is it still worth as much? No, it's not. It's that, that's what, that's 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 where it comes in with the difference. And that's yeah, why, like it's it's about a if it could all be the yeah, it's taking you're taking a fifteen percent loss on it guaranteed. You know what I mean yeah. by running it, but it does yield. So you know, once again, those those comes into factors, and it's easy to grow. So like, if I'm gonna start a room for somebody, and then give it to them, and I want to get it set up for them and let them water it and handle it. 
Like forbidden fruit is foolproof. It's a bulletproof strain that I'm like, they're not going to not feel something in the room and fuck this up. You know what I mean? It'll still do decent. It'll still do okay. I know that it's pretty foolproof. It's mold resistant. Like it has its, it has its upside to it for a beginner growing. Um, I feel like it's a good, it's a good starting point and it fills the canopy out. Like I can put, you know, a fewer amount of plants per tray or I can jam it in there and clean it up a little more, but it, it'll do its thing. It always fills the canopy out. So I, I, I dig that too. There's a lot of people growing that strain, though, also. You know why? Because it's huge in the concentrate market. Because I'm telling you, bro, I don't know if you've ran it before, but, like, it smells and clone like forbidden fruit. So even when it's vegging, you it, can still smell that turp profile. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I'm talking pink-purple pistols, like, from the first onset of flower. It just mm -hmm. is purple as fuck like that. And, uh... You know, like we said, Tangi is one of those strains that I thought was trash by itself, but did turn into quite a few good crosses, people crossing Tangi into stuff and kind of made its way back into the, the, into the market. The Tropic Tangi and Girl yeah. Scout cookies. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's um, a nice one. Trop reminds me of Forbidden Fruit the most. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which makes me think that Forbidden definitely leaned towards the Tangi and same with the Trop. Mm -hmm. GMO's big down here right now. GMO is a great strain. That's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. I mean, it hits. It's a strong, strong It's a strong-ass plant. Yeah. Um, I would love. It just takes a while to grow. Yeah, that's the problem. Yep. It's like everybody pulls it a little early. I would it's love nice, to see it's it nice finish. nice when you let it go out. Yeah, when you let it purple out and it finishes out, it's mm -hmm. it's incredible, bro. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. You got, if you're running a big show, it's, yeah, it's hard to let it go 11 difference. weeks. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's a big difference it's, running the yeah. extra two weeks or whatever it is for some people. I mean, you lose a you lose a cycle a year, guaranteed, running that strain. And it's like, you know, it does hit numbers, though. It's all about the yeah. balance. If you can, you know, if you can find that balance, I think it's a, it's a great strain. We definitely run a lot of I think there needs it. to be more crosses made with it. Yeah, and people are, like are starting to uh, to do dominant. that. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite breeder in the game right now? Oh shit! Honestly, I don't know if I follow enough of the breeders to yeah. give a good, good opinion. I like. Uh, if I think of one, I'll I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, we were talking about exotic genetics earlier. You said that you exotic like Mike's stuff. They breed great shit. I yeah. Um. Shit we run the rainbow chip, which uh, I showed you a little bit of, and. Uh, I love it, the rainbow chip. I just popped uh, the grease monkey cross with runts and the grease monkey cross with skittles. So I'm waiting to see how those. And you know what's dope about Mike is, is that when I went to Emerald, he had a booth and they had flour from, from every drop. You know what I mean? And so as a grower or somebody that wants to see what the fuck you're buying when you're buying seeds, like mm -hmm. it's dope. Look, maybe he oh, popped. They it. had the flower that went. They had with the flower that went with the seeds. Okay. Yeah, so right okay. there, so you could smell it and see it. That's solid. That's that was cool. solid That's for nice. me because oh, I'm like, yeah. I know what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, give me that one and that one. That shit's gonna, that shit's gonna work for me. You know? Mm -hmm. And obviously he probably popped a thousand seeds to fucking find that pheno, but I know where I'm at, kind of. You know what I mean? Like I'm down to take that that gamble and put something in a room because I know what it's gonna kind of look like. Right. Sometimes you, uh, you know, you could pop seeds and and you know. It takes space, it takes time, it costs money. Well, now they got the test. You can send out a, a little leaf sample to see if it's a male or female. That's dope. Any. Yeah, that changed the game. Mm -hmm. you, don't have to, uh, you don't have to wait. You can just kind of sex them that way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like the... How do you feel about the science that's becoming involved? I mean, some of it's cool. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, if they could help people with it, like the health side of the science and shit, yeah. that's dope. The more they can help people with it, that's awesome. Um, obviously, with anything, when you get you know big big money involved in it, mm-hmm. can be bad. There's downsides and upsides to it. Like I feel like the game is being progressed because people are throwing money at it, and we're getting to see the results of that. But also, obviously, the craftness of the culture is being exploited and watered down a little bit, mm-hmm. which is always a it's always, you know, kind of fucked up. But, you know, I take the, the good with the bad. I'm hoping that people are becoming more acceptive of the plant and knowing that it has benefits. Um, you travel a lot? Um, not too much, but here and there. How do you feel like people at other places are uh, talking about cannabis these days? I think a lot more people fucking every day are for the shit yeah it's a lot more people are open for it yeah. yeah that's what i find too i do these like i do some of those like traveling events for the sandlot and those yeah, type look, of they things made the and, shit essential for uh for yeah that was huge right in california so yeah. uh cannabis is an essential business and uh all the dispensaries and cultivations and white market stuff was uh allowed to continue to stay open during this yeah, covid shutdown yeah i mean i mean honestly it is essential and it's essential to the economy like like a motherfucker right now because, you know, there's it's big business, bro, you know? Yeah. Um, you got to continue to produce. And it also is, is good people for people. People need that shit. There's, there's oh, people yeah. that, like, super need that shit. That shit helps them. Like, if they're having, like, you've seen the videos on people having seizures and Yeah, the epileptic. It's great for epilepsy. Um, got to be able to get that. We know that there's so much documented research about Rick Simpson oil and its benefits for cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh... That's another thing of the science that I like is that now that we're starting to isolate like the the different chemical compounds in the plant, it's cool to see what is like, oh well, CBG is really effective at treating bloppity blop, and right. and uh, you know, uh, THCA is is combined with CBG and CBN has been effective at creating. So we're starting to see that yo, this this plant is multi-useful, um, can really be used to treat and and cure so many things and. Uh, it's good to see the medical field kind of take note of it and start to take it serious. I mean, definitely in ancient times, we know that, you know, they found people buried with, with cannabis in China and, and it was definitely regarded as a, a medicinal herb and all the old medical journals that have been, that have been written throughout the time. So, so another thing I like to do on the show is I like to have, uh, I like to have people tell me a, uh, a funny or scary weed story from their smoking career. Maybe it's the first time they got high. Maybe it's, you know, just something in your past that is that is like some type of mishap or some type of thing that just whatever pops in your head that you could tell that you could tell the people. I want to keep those like old weed head stories alive of like, ah, I remember this one time. You know what I mean? Just like some funny shit that happened when we got yeah. high. Some yeah, something like that. Something that happened to you, maybe like you know, your first experience selling weed, or like everybody's got a different a different vibe. Could be a funny story about the first time you got high, there, or there was this. Uh, it was one of the first times I had an edible that had just like it was packed. Yeah, it was a heavy edible that we actually made. I think uh, me and my sister made it. Okay. But uh, this is back east. Yeah, I was way younger. Okay. Like in my teens and shit. Okay, so you guys now make some probably, edibles. I was probably like eighteen, nineteen, something like that. Okay. And. Uh, Maybe even 20, fuck, I don't remember. But it was the first time where I was just, like, 
yo, I can't drive. I can't drive right now. Yeah. And that was the only time I've, I've still, like, I could drive one out. Yeah. Like, I've ate a ton of edibles, so this and that. There was that time that you but just. That, that, but that was probably before all that. Yeah. That shit was just funny as fuck. What? When I look back at it, because it's just like. Can't drive. Yeah, that ain't never happened to me. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. Yeah, I made a batch of edibles yeah. one time in, in our younger days. I was probably like 19, and I made a batch of edibles. And I put way too much in it to make a small batch of butter. Right. And I made these fucking sugar cookies. And people had the same experience. Like, I was fucking people up, bro. Like, yeah. like they were having panic attacks. And, like, people were like, yo, that shit is, like, you got to be careful. And I remember my homeboy. I had this one friend that used to stay with <laughs> me. Yo, His name's no Kevin. Joke. And uh, he's a big dude. And I was like, bro, I saved you two big-ass pieces, blah, 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 blah. Yo, I got this kid so fucked up off these cookies that, like, that shit, like, ruined his week and shit. Like, he was, like, he came home. He remembers he had to pull over on the freeway, sitting out the side of his car, just, like, just had a really, really yeah. bad experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and if people don't know, like, when an edible is too strong, that's, like, the worst drug experience Bro, you can over. ever You're have. A zombie. Yeah. And, like, I mean, and that's if you can handle it. Some people, like, literally, like, have to go to the hospital because they feel like they're having a heart attack and shit. They start to freak out. You know well, what the, I mean? The first cannabis cup I went to was right before I moved out here in 2015. In, uh, I think it was in Colorado. Okay. And I ate about 3,000 milligrams of edibles. Jesus, bro. There was there was a bag of gummies that was 1,000. Yeah. And like, she was just high. I don't know. I ate 3,000 milligrams. 3,000. Wow. Yeah. I'm smoking the whole time. Yeah. Bro, I, I fell asleep. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep at points. Leaning on the fucking big-ass speaker at the front of the stage. Hilarious. And I'm just, you know, I'm that out at that moment. I was yeah. like zombie walking around in there. <laughs> but I was still going. That's fucking dope. Yeah, I mean, for people that aren't familiar, 3,000 milligrams of THC from an edible is enough to, like, to kill a small horse probably. <laughs> um Corova makes a thousand milligram black bar. And I remember at the shop when those first came out that like, I mean, a thousand milligrams to eat in one sitting is, is like, could be potentially dangerous to most people. Obviously, you're not a the the regular. Bro, I didn't have to drive at that point. So that was probably a good thing. Yeah, of course. I, yeah, driving. I might not have been able to then either. No, probably not. <laughs> Looking back at it, but. How was that sleep? You pass out for a good amount of hours that night? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking the, 14. The, the day least. is a bit of a blur. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, edibles can have that effect. It can make you sick. It can um, it can make you panic. It can make you pass out. But uh, you'll be all right. And uh, that's <laughs> yeah. the that's the best yeah. thing about cannabis is that even when it's a little like too it, much, you're gonna good. be okay. And uh, just gonna get tired. Edibles taken in the right doses for the person though is definitely an amazing right. um, yeah. delivery system. It um, it has. I think the most. I think it has the most meditative effects. Obviously, the heaviest body high to relaxing. me. Yeah, and I think you know when like you burn the. Sedating. Yeah, when you set the plant on fire, it, it definitely, mm -hmm. it definitely takes a little bit of the effect out of the 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 thing. But when it's ingested and it's slow cooked into something, you get mm -hmm. the full, the full benefit and the full psychoactiveness of of cannabis. I think that. The only time I've ever seen or like had trails or more visually type of type of things, you know what I mean? From cannabis has been from from edibles. 
You definitely get like yeah. the vibrations and shit. It's not really like a mushroom vibe, but like I can feel like the sound and things feel a little bit different. You kind of have that experience, yeah, the, you know? You definitely get different types of high from how you take it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That time I made those edibles, or whoever did, I think that shit was, uh, or at least one of the times, I know we put like three ounces of just fire nugget and shit. Yeah. We were just See? all fire. So that shit was but just you know, gas. We're, we're on the East Coast. We don't even know how to do this shit like yeah, what they're no. doing out here. Like, That's exactly how I fucked everybody we're up. We're putting too. all our fire in, and we're just like, yo, we're going to make some crazy edibles. Yeah. Just make a batch. Uh-huh. A small batch. A small that batch. Shit. Packed with some with shit. fucking fire, yeah. This shit's packed with it. So That's like so crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting because obviously we know now that like edibles are basically made with trash, for the most, most part. When it got yeah. to the like even the two fifteen market, like that shit was some yeah. food grade oil. Well, it's like basically, it doesn't need to have anything crazy. No, no, because it's be slow nice cooking. If it did, I guess. Yeah, no. I mean, you definitely. Because like you, I look back at those days and it's like trying shit like that. Yeah. I mean, if you make, all right, it's trim rum edibles and, and like, edibles ran with clear or something like that are obviously two different yeah, vibes, right? I think the right? terpenes add to it a bit, too. Yeah. I'm not sure how it would work ingested, like, just eating, but yeah. I would assume. Of course it does. You know, everything uh, everything in a balance. I mean, yeah. we find that, what, OG tests at, like, 25%, but it's the strongest strain known to man. And that doesn't make sense from what we've been told that THC percentage Right, why does OG relates. get you so high? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've I yet agree. to see I like agree. a consistent 30% test out of an OG. It just doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's necessarily just about the high THC. It's obviously not. You got to have the terps in it. That OG's got that gassy pine nose to it. Yeah, because look at like a great something pie. Something in there, something in that terpene. Is, is, is causing this effect. This. Yes, yeah. definitely. I agree with that. Um, I'm definitely, a, I've been flavor chasing. I got the Terp Squad shirt on right now, so <laughs> you already know. Yeah. Um, the homies sent me this. I thought that shit was dope. Uh, but, yeah, it's not just about THC percentage. It's about the balance of the plant and everything mm-hmm. about it because, you know, great pie test in the high 30s, and that shit don't get me high. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. I'll smoke it, and it's just like, all right, what's next? <laughs> it's like one of those things. It's like when all the punch crosses came around, and I was just like, I was like, yeah, well, this shit was like a waste of pretty, time. But... It's beautiful. I get it. <laughs> like, I understand why they got attracted to it, but I smoked smoke it, and I was like, oh, this shit ain't yeah. going to last. Yeah, there's no smoke. I was like, it's smoking fucking air, bro. And it doesn't taste good. It's. I used to have a saying right. for this back in the day. When concentrates first came around, like, blackberry was one of those strains that, like, looked pretty, grew, was right. easy to grow, looked good in a jar, but never sold because it don't get you high and it doesn't taste good. There was one blackberry OG phenol that my boy had. That was fire? Bro, that shit was an amazing OG. It was OG dominant, but okay. it was just like... Yeah. That was a nice drink. Yeah, I, uh, I would call those... I would say this, that when somebody brought me a pack and it looked kind of... They'd bring it into the shop and I'd be looking at it and I'd be like, it's beautiful. I could smell it though and I just was kind of flat. I was like, I know this shit ain't going to smoke. And I'd, all I would think was, it'll probably make a good concentrate. <laughs> I feel yeah. like sometimes those strains come alive in concentrate form. Some do. 15? Gotcha. Um, yeah, they come across in concentrate form, but they don't really come across in, in flour. Um, yeah, we were talking about the cookies. I love the cookies. Uh, the original form cut fino is like one of my favorite smokes. Um, so you're headed back up north. Uh, how was it? How was the trip so far? You have a good time down here? 
Yeah, it's been cool. You know, visited some family and shit. How do you feel about the the coronavirus shit? Um, you're obviously from back east, so I'm sure you got a bunch of family and friends back there. What's the vibe like? Is people freaking out out there? I know that um, New York was hit pretty bad. I know the lockdowns were crazy and shit. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how much people are still freaking out. Like, I'm not, I haven't seen so many crazy posts about it or heard so much from people about it. Recently? No. That's good. But, um, how's it affected life up in, up in NorCal? Has it been? I mean, honestly, everything's, for the most part, been the same. There's not so much traffic there to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty isolated, but, um, so. It's just been... But, like, the main stuff is still all open. Gas stations, everything. Yeah. You get takeout at uh, most of the places. Yeah. So it hasn't affected the hill life very much. Not much. That's good. I wear masks up there now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've been doing that here in L.A. too. Honestly, lately I've been seeing people... Uh, I've been seeing some weird shit. I mean, there's got to be, like, a line. we got to be, like, smart about shit, too, because I'm like, all right, if I'm going to fucking Walmart or Target or somewhere and I'm going to be in enclosed space and close proximity to other people, the mask thing makes sense. Jogging in the heat in L.A. in a mask is is not a good idea, people. <laughs> I mean, it's just, look, it's just not a good idea. It's a good way to have motherfuckers drop in dead places because they... You can't breathe. You can't breathe, bro. Yeah. You know? And I have, like, I like the medical-grade masks. I feel like they're the lightest. I have some of the other ones that are, like, a little heavier. And they kind of, like, hurt my ears. I'm going to be honest. They're uncomfortable. I, honestly, like, in the places I got to go in, I cut a sleeve off of one of my white tees, and I use that as my mask. That makes sense, yeah, bro. the sleeve is mad breathable. It is, right? Because it's no, cotton, and, yeah. it, and it breathes right through, yeah. and you feel like you're covered, but but you're not as restricted. That's smart, yeah. bro. I might start doing that, to be honest it with you. just said you got to have a cloth. That's it. Yeah. Something to cover it. So that makes sense. My girl's mom gave me a mask mask, and I was like, nah, nah, I'm going to stick with the sleeve. I've been seeing uh, I've been seeing some funny-ass memes of, like, older white people with red and blue rags on. And people, <laughs> yeah. uh, did you see the Did you see the video about homeboy homeboy checking homegirl at the, the supermarket? He walked up to her. It was a young kid, and he, he walked up to this older white lady. She had a red flag on, and he was like, he was like, what up, blood? Yeah. And she looks up at him smiling and shit like, oh, I know. He said, gang, gang. <laughs> shit is yeah, dope. Yeah. I love yeah, the, I, I love the, uh, I guess the meme ability of the coronavirus, not to make light of a bad situation, but it's definitely been some, some funny shit on the internet being passed around. I guess we got a lot of time on our hands. Yeah, everyone's just fucking chilling at home, doing nothing for the most part. It's, it's been good for our business, obviously, because the price of cannabis is going up. There's been a shortage. People got a lot of time across the country to sit around and smoke weed. Um, yeah. And I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like when this is over with, we're going to see widespread legalization just kind of sweep across the country pretty fast. I feel like I see that it's hurt the economy enough. I mean, you know, within reason, they obviously have to legislate it. But I just see, like, the economy's hurt enough that they're just going to be like, yo, just green light that shit and and you know, it's the industry. Like, you know, if you can set up distribution across the country, it's obviously very valuable to all local and, you know, federal federal government. I mean, it's just a new business that's going to kind of be, kind of be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to... If you could, uh, if you could take your business to another state, where would it be? 
like if you could pick a place to 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 cultivate at and have the brand ran out of what would be your spot um just like for growing purposes yeah or just in general just like if like you where, where, where would you want where would you want to live where would you want to get up every day and go to work and run the business from i mean shit probably either in new york or cali new york or cali yeah yeah, yeah. um New York would be dope, right? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. When I'm out there and I'm, like, coming over the bridge or you get into Brooklyn and you're, like, out in the in the boroughs and shit and you start seeing all these fucking warehouses, you, like, I get excited as fuck. I get super gassed because I'm like, damn, what I could do with that big-ass fucking 20-foot ceiling, four-story fucking brick yeah. warehouse right there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Oh, Big-ass open, open layouts and shit. It's like... Low key, New York is kind of made for growing weed. It's a little wet, but you know we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's not too bad with the climate there. It, and I mean, if you're going indoor, you could do it. Yeah. And you just gotta keep everything around it climated too. Yeah, exactly. Like, a lot of it plays a zones part. inside a of zones, you know. Yeah. But I think it would work. I like New York. Um, I like Florida too. Florida's Florida's vibes. I like South Florida for like, you know, the lifestyle of it. Definitely not an ideal place to grow, but they do have an indoor scene there, so yeah, it's possible. Yeah, Florida's dope. I mean, shit, I'd love to have a spot everywhere. That's true too. Like that shit, I'll fly around to each one or whatever. Exactly. I mean, that's the dream, right? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I see that originally, really, the dream was to fucking come out here, learn how to grow, grow the best bud in the world, get it to fucking hospitals, really. Yeah. And uh, just have it take off like that kind. But, like, not really take off like that. I would have already taken off, but... Yeah. You know, just, like, save... I, I just want it to save lives. I would always tell people, like, I'm going to grow the best weed in the world and save lives while doing it. And, you know, for the listeners, I'm smoking the, the El Prez right now. They're El Presidente, which is uh, one of the heavier hitters. And it, uh, it burns clean as hell. Um, definitely has a great turp profile. The terpene is, is fire. Um, and you guys grow in soil. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of teas, very organic, uh, very like as low, you know, low stress as as uh, cannabis can be grown indoors. Obviously, we know we use uh, more salt fertilizers and indoor and rock wool, so it's definitely a more sterile. But uh, yeah, we hand water everything. Yeah, so everything's hand watered. This but it's is a, boutique it's a, it's craft cannabis. It's a much cannabis. smaller operation, so it's yeah. easier to do. So you hand water as far as the quantity. Yeah. Like, Doing that with thousands and thousands and thousands in a giant warehouse. A little bit different. Be, Filling pots and tough. shit. It's 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 crazy. My boy Bear from Golden State, um, they run cocoa in a pretty big facility. Mm-hmm. And uh they grow fire ass shit too. But uh they uh they do really well with the cocoa, but like you said, it's a it's you know, you're filling pots like that, it's a fucking pain in the ass, you know what I mean? takedowns and letting things dry out and you know getting rid of it it's not like crushing a cube up and throwing it in a trash bag and and taking it to the dump it's 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 a little more more work goes into it do you guys reuse soil or do you um no we get fresh soil um, okay but we just mix a lot into it and stuff okay yeah a lot of the teas yeah run a lot of compost teas um uh that's dope yeah, I dig that. Obviously, in soil, it doesn't. The soil holds fertilizer. For those that don't know, so it it doesn't have to be, doesn't necessarily have to be fertilized every day. Um, right. We we usually water like every three 
three days or so, depending on where in cycle it is. Yeah. Um, well, that's dope. Um, we have to water every day, obviously, with Rockwool mm-hmm. multiple times. I'm usually on drip systems, so right. a little bit different of a vibe. But I feel like uh, soil definitely does have the most... Uh, it does create a different turf profile. And there's always the big debate between the, the soil and the cocoa guys and the rock wool guys. And to be honest, I think that anything can be done really well um, as long as it's cared for. And you find that, like, there's a million ways to skin a cat or that's a bad, <laughs> that's a bad analogy, but you know what I mean. Like, there's, there's a million ways to do it, you know. And uh, I feel like if you can find your niche and, and, and what vibe is right for your, your grow and cultivation and and you can produce really fire product, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what you guys is, uh, how is you guys' curing process? What do you look for in a cure to get the, to get the fire stuff? I mean, we always hang it for about two weeks. Keep it at like 60 degrees, 60% humidity. Yeah, seems to be like, that's kind of the industry standard right now. 60 and, and that, 60. That works great. Yeah. You a big de-leafer? You guys de-leaf a lot when you're, when you're in cycle and. Uh... Um, certain parts throughout the cycle. Yeah. You good on this? It's almost gone, but it's actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, we hang dry as well. Um. Whole plant. No, we cut it into pieces. Sometimes. Do you? Sometimes okay. it's a whole plant. It just depends, depends on the. Yeah, depends uh-huh. on the plant. Sometimes more than others. Uh, we're gonna start wrapping it up. Got a few minutes left. Um, just want to say thanks, bro. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for taking the time on your trip to to come chop it up with me. Um, yeah, thanks for having me out. Everybody, so, go check out Weed Without Limits on Instagram. Um, you can Farms. see in Lion Bolt Farms. Uh, you know they got the fire. I've seen all of the stuff personally now, and I can vouch that every jar looked amazing. Um, I can't wait to try this uh, this pre-roll El Presidente blunt. This oh, shit's yeah. fire. Um, I've been seeing them. Too, a little bit of Goyard, yeah, that's what's up. Uh, I'm gonna leave you some of our some of the foreign genetics flower to take with you, so you can try that and see what that LA world's about. Shit looks nice for sure. Thank you, bro. Um, I appreciate it, and hopefully, uh, I'll get to see you up on the hill sometime when I'm up there, and we'll chop it up. Anytime you're down here, you're welcome, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.